listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Friday, the 6th of August 2021. Later, we'll take a look at lithium and its role in the rise of electric vehicles. But first, to the lockdowns and the property market, REA Group, which owns realestate.com.au, posted an 18% lift in full-year profit to $318 million. However, it says lockdowns have impacted the number of listings on its website. For more, I spoke earlier with its CEO, Owen Wilson. Owen, you say it's been a defining year for REA Group. How so? Well, this year we delivered an exceptional result given the uh, incredible circumstances under which we produced it. We delivered 13% revenue growth. We delivered 19% EBITDA growth. We had record audience numbers. We're getting 12 million Australians coming to our site each year, which which is remarkable. But also we completed some defining transactions. Uh, We took a controlling stake in our business in India. We acquired Mortgage Choice um, and invested in Sympology. And just this week, we announced the completion of our transaction with Property Guru in Asia to combine our businesses to uh, create the most compelling prop tech story in Southeast Asia. In your release, you say that Q1 numbers were impacted by the Melbourne lockdowns. Um, Obviously, right now, we're in a much more serious situation with a lot of the eastern seaboard of Australia in lockdown. So to what extent is this a concern for you from both a business perspective and an economic uh, perspective? From a business perspective, we've seen that the Australian market is incredibly resilient. You know, after each lockdown, once the restrictions are lifted, the market has rebounded. Uh, We saw that in Melbourne. And if you averaged Melbourne out across uh, the year, we didn't lose a listing from the lockdown. We expect that situation to continue. Um, We are seeing listings down in Sydney at the moment. Listings were down 22% in July as a result of the lockdown. But we're really confident that once the restrictions are lifted, that market will, will rebound. And the reason we're confident about that is we're still seeing strong audience on our site. And more importantly, we're seeing a strong buyer inquiry. Buyer inquiry in July was up 40% year on year, uh, and that includes Sydney. So uh, we, we think the fundamentals that underpin the property market are there and the market will rebound. Um, from an economic um, perspective, obviously the lockdowns are not great for the economy um, and not great for consumer confidence. And that does have a flow-on effect to the property market, but the fundamentals of the lowest interest rates we've seen in recorded history, banks absolutely flushed with liquidity. And the household saving rate um, is incredibly high. So households have got a lot of cash at the moment as well. So fundamentally, the property market will continue to perform. Obviously, a big topic of discussion throughout the year has been surging property prices. So given what you've just told me, what's that likely to mean in terms of where property prices are going, do you think? We believe the, the rate of growth in property prices will slow. Uh, We've come off the peak that we saw before Easter. The way we look at it is in terms of uh, audience and and the rate of buyer inquiry. Both of those have come off the peak uh, since Easter. They are still up year on year. And so we believe that the rate of growth will slow. It'll still grow, but at a slower rate going forward. So wrapping all that up, despite the lockdowns and with no real end date, particularly for New South Wales, you're still confident in terms of the activity that you're seeing via the REA, the the, uh, realestate.com.au website? 
Yeah, we've still got record audience numbers. You know, as, as I said, we've got about 12 million Australians coming to our site each month. The levels of buyer inquiry are strong. So as long as that demand is there, and we think demand is higher than supply at the moment and has been for, you know, about 12 months, the fundamentals are there for the property market and should we, all have, we should all have confidence that once these restrictions are lifted, and they will be lifted, the market will re- rebound. Final question. We're hearing a lot about um, businesses' role and the vaccine rollout. Uh, I'm just curious to know about your policy. I mean, I don't know how much of your workforce you've got working on site or, or at home. Will you be making it mandatory for those workers working on site to have the vaccine? As a, as a tech company, you know, we switched to virtual working um, quite easily. We, we've always had, uh, you know, kind of work anywhere um, ability and people have had flex arrangements for some time. At the moment, um, you know, we're in lockdown in Melbourne, so everyone's pretty much at home um, and we've flexed in and out of the office through that time. In terms of the vaccine, um, our policy is to strongly encourage our, our staff to get vaccinated um, for two reasons. I mean, one is it's in their own interest from a health perspective. You know, we don't want people uh, getting COVID or if they get COVID, you know, getting really sick from it. But also we think we need to play our part in getting Australia out of this by getting um, fully vaccinated. So we're strongly encouraging, but we're not mandating. Our workforce is quite young, and so most of them haven't had access to vaccines yet. But as that um, happens across the, the rest of this half, we will be strongly encouraging them to do it. That's Owen Wilson there, the CEO of REA Group. Now, lockdowns are, though, having an impact on the consumer's ability to pay their home and business loans. The Australian Banking Association says more than 20,000 customers have received hardship assistance, and since the 8th of July, 14,500 home loan customers have had their payments deferred. For more, I spoke earlier with the CEO of the Australian Banking Association, Anna Bly. Anna, deferrals are up, but nowhere near the numbers we saw last year so far. What's that telling you? What this data tells us is that lockdowns do have an impact on people's financial well-being. Uh, this time last year, we saw numbers, um, you know, much much higher. But that's because the whole country was in lockdown. What this data tells us is that those people who are reaching out for help from their banks are mostly coming from places that are either in lockdown now or are in recovery from a very recent or immediate lockdown. So. They do cause pain um, and banks are there to help. How much detail can you give us about the specific areas where these deferrals are being asked? In particular, how much do we know, for example, if they're coming from or to what extent in those five LGA areas in Sydney's west? Uh, What this data shows us is that two-thirds of all of the deferrals of home loans uh, and a very significant number of business loans are coming from New South Wales and banks tell us that most of those are coming from Sydney. Uh, We don't have data that takes it down to the LGA level, but anecdotally banks um, are advising me that uh, there are a couple of things that have made a big difference um, to their helpline, the number of people ringing the helpline, when the government... um, restricted work in the construction sector. Uh, They certainly had a very significant, a noticeable increase in calls from people who work in that industry, uh, very distressed about their circumstances. And of course, many of, even though the construction industry is um, in some cases back at work, those who live 
in those LGAs are not back and uh, not able to be um, leaving their LGA to go and work in the construction site. So there's still a lot of disruption in that industry. Uh, and that is certainly one of the areas that uh, banks are reporting they're getting some very distressed calls from. Um, so what's the bank's role in all of these? How can they help? Banks have an important role to play at times of economic um, crisis, such as we're having right now. They've got the financial firepower to sort of step in and absorb some of the shock. What banks can offer is uh, a range of hardship assistance to people who find themselves, because of COVID, in a difficult situation. They can defer uh, the repayments on home loans. They can defer repayments on business loans. For small businesses, they can refund merchant fees, uh, those businesses that need a bit of something to tide them over can look at um, extensions or, um, you know, of their overdrafts, uh, as well as um, loans for restocking when lockdowns are lifted. So uh, I would just say to anyone, if you're really doing it tough because of a lockdown, uh, talk to your bank as early as you can. A uh, couple more questions. How are the banks uh, placed to deal with this? Australia's banks came into the pandemic last year very, very um, well capitalised, among the best capitalised banks in the world. And simply what that means is they've got the financial firepower to stand behind their customers um, for quite a long period of time. So banks are very well placed. Last year, they um, absorbed the uh, deferral of some 900,000 loans, so almost a million Australians. Um, right now, they're deferring around just close to 25,000 people or offering hardship support to about 25,000. 15,000 of those are people who are deferring their loan repayments. So that's very manageable. It's a lot of people who are in trouble, but it's very manageable from the point of view of the banks. Final question. We've heard a lot, especially yesterday, about businesses' role in the vaccine rollout. What do you think the bank's role is and is there a need for it to be mandatory for those staff that's working on site? Banks, uh, a number of our banks are very large employers and they do think there's a role for banks, um, for them as employers, to offer the, the um, vaccine in their workplace to help get as many of their staff vaccinated as possible. These are staff that are facing, um, that are working with customers. And so you don't, you know, we've already seen some bank branches as exposure sites. Um, the sooner that we can make those, you know, as safe as possible, um, the better it is for those staff and the better it is for customers. So uh, our banks are now working with the vaccine task force um, to put in place a pilot in the eight uh, LGAs here in Sydney to um, vaccinate in the workplace as a way of, you know, turbocharging the, um, the, other, part, the other part of the, the vaccine rollout. Anna Bly there, the CEO of the Australian Banking Association. Let's turn our attention now to the Australian share market, which was trading flat for most of the day, but late in the session, very late in the session, there was a bit of a rally because the S&P ASX 200 added around 0.4% to 7,538. For more, I spoke earlier with Heath Moss from HLM Investments. Uh, look, uh, despite a, uh, a, a reasonable solid um session in the US last night. I think we're just a little bit cautious uh, at the moment. Um, we've got resources weighing us down because of uh, commodity prices coming off last night. Um, the US has had some softer economic data um, this week. We've seen it um, uh, ADP figures and PMI numbers miss. 
Um, and then, of course, we've got to the non-farm payrolls out to, tonight, which uh, will determine where markets go for the next few days anyway. So I think uh, coming into the weekend, the market is all right. We've had enough. We've, we're up 1.6% for the week, so it's been a good week for us. We've uh, hit record closing and intraday highs. So uh, overall, it's been a good week. You mentioned those commodity prices, iron ore prices, really on the nose over the past week or so. Can you tell us more about that? To what extent? What's behind it? And more importantly, what does it mean for Australia? Uh, obviously, it's going to affect our trade balance uh, quite a bit because obviously iron ore has been sitting close to record highs for some time now. We topped out around $230 a tonne. Uh, we're currently around 170 on the Singapore 62% fines. Um, there could be some more downside to come to around 150 in the immediate term. Basically, obviously, it all comes down to China. They're the ones importing, you know, 90% of what we we export. Um, the government's been quite cautious there with in terms of environmental um, impacts and um, uh, steel prices, which have uh, gone through the roof over there. Um, they've asked their steel mills to cut production, so it's uh, basically equal to 2020 level levels of production. Um, and in the first half this year, they're already up 12% on last year. So that means they're going to have to cu- uh, cut production quite significantly in the second half. So that's all it basically comes down to, best iron ore demand at this point. Earnings season ramping up. We saw a few companies report today, but some big names out next week. Uh, what are you seeing? Yeah, look, it's supposed to be quite a buoyant uh, earnings season. Um, we're, we're expected to see 35 to 40% uh, lift on uh, earnings year on year. Um, we are coming from a low base, though. 2020, uh, we were down about 40% in earnings. Um, resources, retail, healthcare, all, all expected to be buoyant. Uh, we've seen the start of that this week um, with uh, Credit Corp, McScarley, Real Estate, uh, Trust, um, ResMed, they've all reported and they've all been quite buoyant. Share prices have generally come off. I think uh, there's quite a bit uh, baked in. Um, there's going to be a lot of focus on commentary, um, especially with the, the current lockdowns in New South Wales and now Victoria and Queensland again, um, and how that is going to impact um, earnings for, uh, for year 22. Um, that may be a drag on the market, um, but we still expect to see companies quite... Um, laden with cash. Um, they were very conservative with their cash levels last year. They cut dividends. They held on to cash due to uncertainty. Uh, they're expected to pay out a lot of cash this year. Um, so big dividends expected, especially in the resources sector um, and retail. Retail should also pay quite nicely as well. So um, it's it's all about what what's going to happen for full year 22 and a little bit for full year 23 as well. Um, but overall, it should be quite a positive uh, earnings season. An interesting story to come out overnight out of the US. President Biden says he's targeting that all vehicles sold by 2030 will be zero emissions, right? Electric vehicles use lithium. How's that space looking at the moment? Yeah, it was an executive order signed by Biden, which was expected by the market. And we've seen similar things in Europe and um, and China um, come through as well. Uh, obviously, that lifts demand for uh, battery metal components. So lithium is the big one, copper, nickel, etc. as well. Um, we're ex- Macquarie Bank expects uh, lithium demand to triple by 2025 um, and sees up to 100% um, increase in prices. We already saw, um, it was last week, Pilbara Minerals during their um, their auction for their uh, uh, spodumene product saw a spot 
uh, sold 10,000 tons of, uh, at a spot price of $1,250. Now, contract prices are going for around $600, um, spot prices around $900. So it's quite a large premium, especially for that, that little bit of uh, concentrate. Um, so word is that for lithium especially, outside of contracted lithium, there's really nothing in the spot market. Um, so we're already seeing quite a, a bit of tightness in the market, and that's going to bode well for lithium prices and, and lithium producers here in Australia. Heath Moss there from HLM Investments. That is SBS on the money for this week. Don't forget you can listen to this as a stream on uh, Apple Podcasts on the SBS Radio app, almost forgot, and Spotify. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, Business Ricardo. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.